Well, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night for those who like to keep the days of the week, or at least a track of them. It is episode 67, and tonight, we already had a good party night come Tuesday, the after party with the Lightning Bunch. Now, <clears throat> here it is. It's Thursday, and we have Ryan McNamee from UCLA, Assistant Director, Football Operations. We're planning to have a lot of good fun tonight talking football, talking about his career, talking about the things that's probably the closest, nearest, and dearest to his heart. And we know that he has a passion for the game. We've seen his marvelous career that he had, so it's going to be a lot of fun to get caught up with Ryan and, and just to, well, I guess – Beating off for a guy who we know it's probably going to make it to the NFL. So uh, he's waiting in the green room. And I'm pretty sure when, if he gets to that NFL level, let's hope that, you know, we can be his water boy. We can hold his pen, maybe his chart, something. But it's going to be a lot of fun to get a, a hold here of Ryan. So stay tuned tonight. This is going to be a lot of fun. As we said, Tuesday was a great night, but tonight's going to be even better. We have Ryan House. I'm Angel. This is Broad Street South. Now, the one guy that I always say that I'm hoping he's going to dance, but tonight it might be a little bit of a different twist. So he may not dance as far as on camera. But one of these days, again, we will catch him on it, but it's okay. Either way, it's the co-host, Vito Corleone. <laughs> uh-huh. Different one, huh? I didn't know idea. you changed it. What's going on? What's happening, Fuji? How are you? It is hotter than hell up here in Philly. 100 degrees tomorrow. 12 days away from training camp. June 30th, the Phillies hopefully will make be buyers at the deadline. And the Ben Simmons talk is heating up, just like the heat up here in Philly. How the hell are you? It is about 95 degrees out here today. Uh, about the average temperature anyways, at least until October. We're always baking down here in the summertime. But it's okay, though. I love it. I have absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, the only issue we're dealing with is apparently is red tide. So uh, the only bad part is if you're going out to St. Pete, well, you're going to be watching a lot of floating fishes going by because it, it is Florida. Unfortunately, we deal with the situation, but it will it will get better. But it's okay because tonight it's about UCLA. Tonight it's about Ryan McNamee. And uh, the other two guys we have to bring on because we can't do the show without, uh, without them as well is, first of all, a young beat writer, Nick Lisi, also known as Ducky. Nick, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Angel Fuge. I'm doing incredible. We're going to see UCLA. You know, I love that song so much. It's my favorite song. So I'm, I'm really excited to have Ryan on. Um, and uh, let's, let's, uh, let's have a good time. But Clemson's still better. Let's just make that clear. Okay. Well, maybe. No, exactly. He, he might have a little different choice words when it comes to Clemson, but I'm pretty sure you're, you know, listen, he's, he's gone to different universities. He's worked for different universities, uh, shall I say, but I'm pretty sure he has no problem as far as uh, when it comes to Clemson, but it is UCLA night, not Clemson night, but it's okay. And the last guy that we need to introduce uh, without further ado here is our national correspondent, Ryan Neff. Ryan, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this evening. Let's talk great about what we're doing with 
and the dude has a cool name. Dream, what are you going to do? Um, hey, and by the way, four days till the beginning of college football. Yes, I count down every day till the beginning of college football season. And I want to ask Mr. Ryan a specific question about the Pac-12 plus two, 10 plus four, or whatever they call it now. Anyway, because I'm ready. All right. Well, we're going to bring him on. And, and uh, the other Ryan, just to let you know, you're kind of digitizing a little bit. So uh, it, it came in kind of squirrely. Hopefully it'll get a little bit better. I don't know. Maybe you have to reposition your camera or not. Uh, but it, it's coming in a little, uh, might get a little bit better. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I don't unfortunately have the other music that maybe Nick was talking about, but I did find this little hidden gem. <laughs> So with that, we welcome Ryan McNamee. Ryan, how are you this evening? Angel, doing great, man. Appreciate you having me on. Not a problem whatsoever. Listen, thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it. And uh, it, it may not have been the long version of what you're used to hearing out there in UCLA, but we try to minimize it to have fun with it and, and enjoy it as much as we possibly can with you. Absolutely. So, listen, we, we know you have, first of all, a, a, a career in – in the short time that you've been doing what you've been doing, it's, it's a remarkable resume of what you've put together between Temple, Miami, Hill Medicine, Cornell, uh, UCLA. I know I'm missing somewhere else in between or Villanova. So it, it's remarkable of the schools that you've been to and what you've accomplished. And some people you can say, I mean, I, we will say it because I, I think you can't say there's anybody else that does it better in the business. And we believe you're the best in the business. But congratulations to all the moves that you've made and you continue to move to that next level. It's not like you go from just here and go down. It's to constantly raising your own bar. So it has to be pretty amazing from where you started in your career, even if going back to Gettysburg, to where you are today. So for me, I guess my first question right out of the bat was, how did you get started? Starting from, I guess, from your college days of, of playing and then deciding that the direction where you want to go in your career. Well, first off, you guys are the best hype man in the business right now. You guys are hyping me up so much. I really appreciate that. Um, no problem. So when I was, uh, you know, when I was in high school and I was trying to figure out, you know, where to go to college and things like that, I knew that football was really a big part of my life. And uh, that kind of goes back to even when I was, uh, when I was growing up. My parents were they coached me in different sports, and my mom coached and I helped out uh, coaching while I was in high school, different sports. So I knew kind of like my, my sophomore junior year, I knew I wanted to get into coaching at some point uh, when my football career is over, you know, and I, you know, I was, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Northeast Philly, father judge, ham and Edgar, you know, division three football player. And I just loved the game and I wanted to be around as, as much as I could. So when I got into, when I graduated and I started doing some, trying to get in the real world and, you know, find a job, um, I started looking up, uh, different, uh, college jobs and, uh, so I was working at Verizon. At that point, it was it was Bell Atlantic, and uh, I was doing like an internship there. And the first day or second day, I started doing some work, and the guy was like, "Hey, you got to slow down. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have much more work for you to do." So so then he started. I started doing a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "This is not what I want to do. Right? I want to get into football." So I started uh, emailing. Uh, I didn't even know if email was big back then. I was faxing resumes to people. And I got a call from a coach at Adams State in Alamosa, Colorado. 
And he said, hey, son, do you want to get your master's and coach college football? I said, absolutely. So I went out, bought a car, sold, uh, cashed in some savings bonds that you get when you were a kid, and I moved out west. And uh, I was a graduate assistant. I was a running back coach. I coached there two seasons, and I really got the bug for, for, for getting into to getting into football. And uh, as the football, as, as, as I learned going through the, 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 the cycle of coaching, sometimes it's not always, uh, you know, you have a vision, you have a path, you have a desire, but sometimes it's not always the way, it, it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. So uh, I, I finished two years of, co of, co of coaching at, at Adams State. I got my master's degree, which was very critical. I had a lot of advice from uh, some, you know, my college coach and other people in the business saying, hey, get your master's as soon as you can. Because once you stop school and you want to go back, it's harder to do. All right. So I got my master's degree and I was like, OK, what am I going to do? So I started doing personal training in Philly and I was an elementary phys ed teacher. And that was my that was my major as a health and phys ed major. And I got some certifications and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. So I did two seasons or two years of, of teaching. And I knew like I wanted to get back into football. And this is where, you know, you really want to, you really, you know, this is with these are tough decisions, right? Do I, do I make money? Do I advance in my career and teaching or do I follow my passion? Do I want to be a coach? And as luck would have it, I was able to get a job back at my alma mater at Gettysburg uh, coaching uh, outside linebackers and recruiting in Philadelphia and Connecticut. So I got a chance to get experience. So I, I did that. Now I took a huge pay cut uh, and a lot of my you know, family and, and people that cared about me were kind of like, are you sure you want to do this? You're taking a pay cut. And, you know, I've always, I've always told, I was told from a young age, uh, you know, when you follow your dreams, you follow your passion. Sometimes you know, the money, if you're in, if you're in football for the money, you know, you're in it for the wrong reasons. And uh, I really, you know, I, I, I stayed firm. I stayed true to that. And uh, so I did a year coaching back at Gettysburg. Uh, my alma mater. So I coached there for a season. I also coached baseball in the spring. That was, uh, you know, part of the deal. And uh, uh, as as I got through that, um, the biggest thing is, as you go, as we'll, we'll talk more about it as you go through this, is you know your relationship building and how do you get better as a coach, right? And part of that is professional development, which is visiting other teams, working uh, high school camps, college camps, things like that. So. Uh, I wound up working at camp in, in New York State, and it was a high school camp, and there was a bunch of different college coaches there, Division One coaches. And uh, my last day there, I networked with Mark Ferrante, who was the O-line coach, recruiting coordinator at Villanova at the time. And uh, I just kind of went up to him, started conversation, hey, I'm Ryan McNamee from Gettysburg, from Philly. Uh, just wanted to put a face with the name, and we hit it off, and I was able to work their camp. So I worked their camp. The next, you know, the last day of the camp, coach offers, uh, they say, hey, we like how you work. Uh, we don't have any coaching positions available, but we have a recruiting operations type position. And this is 2004. And those positions really weren't uh, as attractive and they weren't really popular at the time. And I didn't really know what the job entailed. And part of it, coach was like, yeah, I had my interview and that was uh, I met with Coach Tally. And that was uh, the first time we met there. And he was like, hey, Ryan, I really, you know, I really enjoy uh, our conversation. And he's like, yeah, let me get your number. And I grabbed his phone out of his hand, typed my number in there. And he's like, wow. You know, I, like that was kind of an aggressive move at the time. But I was really excited. Um, I really want to, you know, I really want to get that position. 
And I worked there for three years and it was just a great opportunity. And he gave me the opportunity to really kind of create my own position or like, what does the job entail? It's like, well, it kind of, it's kind of what you make of it. Right. And how, uh, you know, maybe you want to learn, uh, there's something different or, uh, you have a different way of doing things. So it was, it was kind of a, a unique opportunity in that respect where, uh, I kind of took myself off the field because it wasn't an off field coaching role, but right. I was able to kind of get behind the scenes, get the eyes, you know, see what the head coach sees and you know, try to be a step ahead of, you know, you know, look around the bend, see what's coming up next and, you know, recruiting, you know, has, has, has gotten ever popular. I mean, it's the lifeblood of your program and it's really kind of, you know, boots on the ground and really getting uh, labor intensive in the recruiting part of it. So, uh, you know, from Villanova, uh, that was three years of that. And, and while I was at Nova, I was able to go visit other programs. I uh, visited um, Temple. I visited Boston College, Penn State, and Maryland. And when I visited uh, Maryland, the operations guy there was a guy named Tom Dean. And the next year, so a year went by, he was at Temple. And he called me up and said, hey, uh, I remember you from before. We have an opening. Would you be interested to come across town? And at this point, Temple had not won a game. All right, they were they had they lost. They were 0 and 12 the year before and 1 11 that the 20, 2006 season. So it was kind of like you know, do I stay in the comfort zone? I love Villanova. I love the people there. Or do I, you know, do I do I see trying to make something at the next level? Right. Mm-hmm. I always have aspirations to be at the next level, whatever it is. You know, kind of. Um, you know, challenge myself and, and get better in the process. And I was able to go to Temple. And Temple was really where I, um, you know, I thrown in the fire and just learn, learning about yourself and learning how to uh, build a program, change a culture around, you know, build something from the ground up and work with people uh, in every aspect of the operation and really just, uh, you know, change the game as far as uh, from a program standpoint and changing myself uh, as a person professionally and you know how we operate uh, on a daily basis. So we had uh, we had a great run at Temple, change of culture, went to our first bowl game in 30 years. Um, then we had the opportunity to go to University of Miami. Um, kind of did the same thing at Temple at Miami, and uh, Miami was uh, you know just just a different different experiences from what it was in Philly. You know, getting the, get on the plane, go down to Miami, and uh, you know, get a chance to be around elite people, uh, coaches, players, alumni. Uh, community. I mean, it was just an awesome experience and just take those experiences and then move that up to another level to where you become like the director of, uh, of football operations. So I was able to um, have an opportunity at Cornell and, you know, Cornell was an unbelievable experience and, you know, great, great people there and great uh, infrastructure and just uh, elite level of uh, academic uh, people, professors, alumni, uh, support staff, and things like that. It was just amazing. And uh, I was able to go from Cornell to uh, UNLV, come out west. And I was at UNLV for a season, short and sweet, but I learned a lot. And I'm currently living out here. And uh, I was able you know, to parlay, parlay that to, uh, you know, Pac-12, head all the way to Santa Monica, Westwood, and be at UCLA. Listen, it, it, to me, it's it's quite incredible as far as what what you've done, and like I said, in a short amount of time. And 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 I, there's a question I'll get to you here in a momentary. But in case everyone's just joining us right now, by the way, we are live from the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios here in Tampa, Florida, and we are live with Ryan McNamee, the Assistant Director and Football Operations at UCLA. So again, 
Thanks to Ryan for coming on with us again tonight. We do appreciate it. And, uh, and by the way, if you guys are hungry, by all means, please visit Tampa Joe's down there in Tampa, Florida. So anything that you guys want, great food, fun place, go to Tampa Joe's. And also, uh, Ryan, just to let you know, in case you ever need a, you know, just a great cigar, the finest cigars in the country, you can go get it right from home, 250 West Ridge Pike, Limerick, Pennsylvania, 19468 Gooses, Monte Cristo Lounge Tobacco the best cigars in the country, just saying, in case you ever need one. But my uh, my question to you is, and you talked about the different references as far as like moving from one school to the next. And it had to be tough because, as you said, it could be in a comfort zone where you feel like, let's, you know, and I will go back to Temple here momentarily. Matter of fact, we'll even go back before that. We'll go to Villanova. When you're looking at going from, let's say, from Villanova to Temple, even though it's not that far away from each other, you're talking about going from the suburbs into the city. What makes you just want to say, you know what? I yeah, I do love it here in Villanova, and both schools have rich history behind them. But what makes you just gravitate and say, okay, I, I if I do take this risk, and let's just say for some odd reason it doesn't work, can I go back to Villanova, or was it just one of those things like, okay, I have to do this because this is where I'm going to further my career? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to like the timing of these opportunities and where you are in your life. Um, because and having an understanding of, you know, when you're in football, right, it's like the football life, right? And it's, it's, not, it's not for everybody. And it's not just, uh, you know, if you're single and you're, you know, you're a bachelor and you're, the, you're grinding in that type of way, you can do that, right? But there's also right. the other components when you have a family uh, and you have children and the aspects that go with it and having a support staff, uh, have support staff at home, right? Have a... Uh, your, your, your family, like your, your, you know, your wife, if you're married, you know, your parents, your, your in-laws, all this and like that. So I've been blessed. Uh, I have an amazing wife. Um, she's, she's really bought in because she met me when I was not in football. And at Villanova at the time, I was, I was dating and I was teaching. So I went from, hey, I'm a teacher. We're really enjoying our weekends and all these times. Hey, look, I'm going to be a coach. And coaching life is different. And, you know, now, I must be a good recruiter because I was able to recruit that and, uh, and and keep my wife with me, you know, th through the, the the ups and downs, the trials, the tribulations of the football life. So when I got to Villanova, it was a it was a pay, you know. Again, it's not it's not about the money, but it's also if you can enhance, you know, if you can improve your financial situation, you know, those are other critical factors that go into the job. So right. going from Villanova to Temple. It was uh, it was a boost in pay, and looking at it back now, it wasn't a giant uh, a gigantic pay raise, but it was enough to support where I was in my in my you know in our lives financially and and from a living standpoint geographically, right? I'm from Philly, my wife's from Philly, right? We can make it work, right? Um, and some places you could be you could be the best person, but maybe it doesn't fit you know, one aspect doesn't fit, and maybe they don't want to take that chance. And you don't get that opportunity, so it's kind of you know you, you kind of kind of create your own luck, but you're also uh, you know you just really um, you, you know you're, you're blessed and you, you can you can manage it and make it you know make it make it make it work for you. So the the advantages of, of being at Temple is like okay we can't get any worse you know, from a football standpoint. Right. So let's let's uh, let's really dig in here and really um, you know let's see what we can do. Um, and it was really all aspects of the program. 
um, getting into the community. I mean, being from Philadelphia myself, like my my experience was when I was a high school athlete being recruited by Temple and being on the campus and then getting there as a coach and seeing like, wow, this isn't the Temple that I grew up with. This isn't, I didn't, you know, when I went to camp, it didn't look like this. And they just, they just changed the, the, the campus. And just being with coaches, I mean, I go through the coaches that I work with at that point and where they are now, if you pull out the resumes, I mean, you have NFL head coaches, you have uh, NFL position coaches, NFL coaches, just a lot of NFL coaches. So um, there's just the people that were, you know, the people that were in that that program and that operation were uh, amazing. And it was exciting to be a part of those guys and learning and growing uh, your football IQ and, uh, you know, recruiting players, maybe that not everybody else recruited and making them. Uh, making them better and helping them reach, you know, their goals and dreams and aspirations. So it was really, um, you know, it was just that it was the right time. It was the opportunity. It was, uh, you know, it, it all lined up for me. And uh, I still have those relationships to this day with players, coaches, staff members, people that still work there. I mean, they were just a phenomenal group of people. Now, the funny part is before I turn this over to Fuji here is that, so people who, who live either, you know, not from the Philly area, I will say, so if you're, if you're tuning in from UCLA out there from California, you know, whether it's out in Vegas, where you're tuning in from, first of all, thank you for everyone for tuning in. But the other great thing is uh, you, when you come from the city, there's certain things that we do say from the city. And I even still say down here in Tampa, because it's a funny thing. One of the big things is always ham and egger. And people just always look like, what in the world are you talking about? So you've got to be from the city to understand exactly what that is. But it's always great to hear someone else say it other than obviously myself down here in Tampa, because it's always a fun part. It, it's the little sayings that we have in Philadelphia that just make a lot of sense. Just like if you ask anyone down here, when they tell you, would you like a glass of water? I'm like, uh, water? Yeah, I'll take a glass of water. <laughs> just one of those things. But I'll turn it over to Fuji. Fuji, you're up. All right, thanks for coming on. We're both uh, Father Judge Crusader alumni. Just, yeah, for, just for the alumni watching. Um, question for you. Since your different uh, journeys recruiting, have you recruited anybody that has already been drafted to the NFL? Well, it's, I, I, I've uh, – in my experiences, especially in my role, so, you know, the way it works, you know, you have your head coach and you have your recruiting coordinator and you have your assistant coaches. They're the primary recruiters. Um, they're the primary recruiters of the student athletes, right? So they go out to the high schools and they recruit the kids. And you know, once they get them on, on campus, get them on their official visits or unofficial visits where they can uh, be around the building, um, you know, that's really where I would, uh, my opportunity to explain to them you know, all the things that our program that can provide to them uh, services and, uh, uh, you know, experiences to get to help uh, enhance the, uh, the recruiting process. So that being said, there's a bunch of guys um, more so from uh, Temple and Miami. We had guys that we have a couple first round draft picks, a couple guys that were drafted. Um, and I just keep kind of keep track of the guys as, you know, as they got through campus and to where they're in the NFL. So right now I think I'm at, of 83 players that have uh, that I have worked with, uh, either you know they attended camps and once they committed and they were on you know they were on, we were on the team together and I worked with them from an operations role. I was pro liaison at their pro days, uh, helping them you know helping them achieve their goals. Can you see yourself uh, maybe one day being a GM in the NFL or in the G scouting department in the NFL at some some level? Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, when you're growing up, right, I mean, if you're in football, 
um, you know, you, you, you love the game. There's some part or some aspect that, uh, that got you interested in the game, that you're invested emotionally, that you love the game, uh, you'd be a fan of the game. And as I've uh, gone through the process of you know, being a player and then being a coach, kind of like you kind of lose your fandom a little bit and you become, you're, you're more of a pro, like, you know, just professional in your in nature of your business. Um, you know, you, you kind of, you got to see those aspects of the jobs and you, know, you kind of wonder like, what would it be like if I were uh, in this role or that role? Um, the beauty of the operations role is, you know, there's, there's a coaching aspect to it. There's a recruiting aspect to it. There's a man, general manager type uh, feel to it where you're managing the day-to-day. Uh, you're working with the personnel department on players and, and evaluations and things like that. So, um, you know, I never say never, never want to pigeonhole or you know, just say label myself as one area. Like I'm just this guy. Or I'm just an operations guy. Or I'm just a coach or I'm just a GM or I'm just a scout. Um I'm all, I've always kind of just kept it open like that where, you know, I always want to learn. I always want to get better. Um, and, you know, you never know. You, know, you have aspirations like I want to be, you know, I want to be in the NFL or I want to be a Division One, or, you know, and you know, I want to be in the big time. And I've, as I've gone through this, it's always like the big, the big time is where is where you're at and what you make of it. So um, I'm really excited to be at UCLA. And, you know, as far as what the future holds for me, like I don't have a crystal ball and – you know, and sometimes you kind of focus on it, but you can't let can't let that you know distract you from the main thing, right? And the main thing is the job that you're doing, the day to day, and uh, you know week to week type thing. So it's always in the in the rearview mirror there. But I really, um, as I've grown in in the business, I really try not to focus on it uh, too much and just you know we say win, right? What's important now, and, and be where your feet are, be where you're at, and enjoy uh, enjoy the journey. Um, of what you're doing at the present time. Ryan, I love that answer. Um, I wanted to ask you, you uh, while you were talking about your journey and your career, you mentioned a lot about professional networking. And as a student myself, that's something that has been preached to me uh, constantly. What advice would you give to students like myself or athletes that you've ran across about how to network professionally? Yeah, I mean, it's if you have a vision of where you want to be, you need to go where they're at, right? So let's talk in terms of just say if you're if you're a high school student athlete and you want to be at UCLA, right? Or you want to go to Temple or you want to go to Villanova, right? The best way is to go to where the coaches are, right? Go to their camps, right? Go to where you want to be so you can visualize yourself. Like, this is where I want, I can see myself doing this. I can be here, right? Then look at it from uh, a coach's standpoint, like, okay, where do I, where do all the coaches go? Like they go to the AFCA conventions, right? If you want to go to the NFL, you go to the NFL combine, you go to the senior bowl, right? You go to these places where the coaches are at, right? And then, you know, you have to be creative because everybody, everybody wants to, you know, everybody, not everybody, but the people that want to do it, I mean, it's a highly competitive field. What's going to separate yourself from the other, uh, you know, what's going to separate separate yourself from other people so uh you gotta find a way that's uh you know that's you can catch their attention but you're also you're not coming on too strong and you're not uh you know you're not shying away and you know no one's going to see you but at the same time you know you're not you're not you know so strong people you know you're not turning off people as far as what you're saying because it doesn't matter what you say right if they're not listening to you you they're going to turn you out so um you know, being humble, being hungry, showing what you do, um, being yourself and just putting yourself out there, not being afraid 
to put yourself out there and hearing the word no or we're not interested or not hearing back from someone. Um, so I, I mean, those are things that I, I would uh, that I would recommend doing. Um, just know, knowing where those people are, are going to be at uh, or, or professional development type, type things and putting yourself out there, making phone calls, making text messages, making emails or yeah, going in person and uh, you know, putting, a, putting a face with the name and, and putting your best foot forward. And so you, you also just mentioned kind of like putting yourself out there and having someone say no to you. Do you remember a specific moment in your career when someone said no to you and it, it kind of put a certain fire under your soul? Oh, that's funny you say that because I, I, you know, I always see, you know, especially on social media, or, and you see people like when they're getting their jobs and they're telling their story and everybody's got a great story. Um, it's, I, there's just certain times where, you know, you, you put yourself out there and, you know, you never, you know, I, I, I have some, uh, some, some good friends in the you know, coaching industry or, you know, they, they kind of help, they coach the coaches or they help uh, motivate teams and there's a team dynamic. And it's a lot of the, you know, advice that you give your players, like you, you want to take some of that same advice. Um, and, you know, without getting you know, into too much specifics, you know, I've made a, you know, I've made drives to places, uh, long, you know, long distances and just trying to put myself out there or you're going to uh, conventions or combines and you're just, you know, it's a lonely place at times. Right. But at the same time, the motivation is like I'm betting on myself or I'm proving to myself that I know I can get this done and you never know what opportunity is going to be that opportunity. Right. I mean, just for an example, uh, UCLA, you know, I was talking to coaches or staff from UCLA uh, since 2015. You know, totally different staffs, different people. Right. But I had a vision, like I, I can see myself being there, right? And it was, hey, this is the low, the, the job's too low, like too much, too low pay. Like you're not, it's not gonna, we're not, not gonna be able to make it work. Or we have somebody else in mind, or we have somebody on, you know, we're, we're promoting from within. So it's like, okay, you just keep chopping at the bit, right? Keep chopping, keep chopping, and as luck would have it, opportunity arose, and you know, you put your connections to work you know, strategically, but. You know, it took 20 years for me to be able to get myself in front of the UCLA staff to get an interview. And, you know, and then, you know, you hope that, you know, you put your best foot forward and people see that. You know, and as luck would have it, they did. And that's how that opportunity uh, arose. And I was able to you know, capitalize on that. But it's not always like that. So you can get frustrated. But, if you you know, it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you know that this is what you want to do in your life, you'll do anything you can within your power, right? And you let your passion and your desire uh, drive you, right? We, you know, we say living in the vision, right? Live in your vision, not your circumstance. And, you know, I, I've kind of taken that to heart. And that's, uh, that's how I, I live my life. And that's how, you know, I raise my children and motivate my family to try to you know, be in the same way as, you know, living, have a vision, have a passion and, and work towards that goal. For me, I, I will, I'm going to do one of these numbers here because I, I feel like with your energy, the way that you're going right now, like I, I can just go into the gym somewhere and just hit a punching bag because I'm enjoying Let's the energy, go. Ryan. I'm enjoying the energy. So it's, it's fantastic. Listen, there's nothing, when you have passion, just like you said, and Ryan, I'm going to get back to you here in a second. It's having that passion. It's, it's just like us here. You know, it's the same way. This started out as a, as, a, as a vision and dream for me over 10 years ago. And it's just it's getting the right time, putting in the, the, the effort, putting everything in to make it work. And either you're going to try 
your best? Are you going to fail? You know, at least attempting to succeed. And so for us, it's the same exact way. And it's just, it's having the, the passion, the energy to drive, to do so. I mean, I'm in this freaking studio at 3.30 in the morning before I go to work. As soon as I get home from work, I'm doing it all over again. So I, if I get home at five, you know, from five until 1130, I'm at it. And then the day starts all over again. That's the way you do it. But because you want to set yourself a goal and that vision and that desire, uh, listen, I, brother, I, I feel you because that, that energy, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to go just toe to toe. We'll go to the, the ring, wherever it is that we got to go to. We'll go because I, I'm definitely feeling the energy. So before I get it back to Ryan here, Bill had a question. He said, what are the differences that you see being out West coaching these schools compared to Temple? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, the thing with Temple is uh, it, it's, it's East Coast and there's a lot of there's just so many schools in the area, right? There's different colleges, there's areas. Um, and then when you go to the West Coast, it's just spread out, right? So, I mean, there's obviously there's the high schools that are in the area, but everything else is just spread out. The competition level, like there's just, there's not a lot of spots for for kids to go, right? Like unless they want to go out of state. So and that's a great question as far as, and I, I can explain it in terms of when I was at Temple, and we had our camps. So I was the camp director. That was one of my, you know, one of my bread and butter. That's one of my big job responsibilities. And part of my job was to hire coaches to come work our camps. Well, we could get coaches. We could get other, uh, we could get FCS, 1AA coaches. We could get Division two coaches, Division three coaches. We could get, right, so we could get more opportunities for kids to get scholarships or to play college football. When you go out west, there just aren't that many uh, schools in those different levels. Um, so the opportunities are different. So the scholarship opportunity, you know, the opportunities are, 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 are limited. So you can only give scouts 25 scholarships a year and the competition for those are so much more because, you know, everybody, you know, you want to say, uh, predominant, predominant, a lot of times, a lot of kids want to go D1, even though they may not be division one, uh, talent, right? They want to go to Division One, right? And maybe they, they'll be a walk-on. They'll do whatever they can to be at a Division One school. So the opportunities are very uh, limited. Uh, as far as the East Coast, there's just more opportunities. There's more schools, more opportunities. Um, so you know, that being said, it's just uh, it's just it's easier to get to those places. So the opportunities and the location, just the access to those to, to those uh, to the East Coast, the West Coast, um, are, you know, differences that I see. Okay. Ryan? Ryan, nice name. Nice first name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first the first question I have for you is, I was a three-sport guy in high school and whatnot, and just being in high school, you know what kind of toll it takes on you, not just physically, mentally. Um, sometimes it's rough on the family, you know, to watch guys get hit. When you're in college, though, and you've been around it for so long. Can you sort of expand upon that? Like what it really is like for the student athlete or coaches or recruiters. People just think that, oh, they're just there to play football and then they go home. Or the recruiters just go out for like a couple of weeks and they try to recruit. Then they just go home. What kind of big, huge toll sometimes does it really take? Yeah. So here's the thing. College football 
it is 24 7 365 i mean there are no off days uh you know I've, obviously i've never worked in the nfl but i understand you know the schedule and you know what the, the time constraints are so and nfl it's just football right there's no recruiting and there's some free agency and things like that but it, it's just it's, you know there's some recruiting involved there's a recru- uh, recruiting component to it but when you're in college um right it's 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 non-stop right it's it's you're recruiting not only for the next year's class, you're recruiting for the, the class after that, you're recruiting for the class after that. So you really have three recruiting classes. And what that entails is, I mean, there's just so much that goes into it. There's there's no stone left unturned. You're researching uh, you know, the prospects. You're researching the high school coaches. You're researching the, the, the players' families and things like that. You want to be able to visit them. You know, coaches are visiting them in the spring. They see you in the summer, right? So there's all these different opportunities. And uh, on top of that, you're still, you know, you're coaching and managing your own players, uh, and you're being a part of their lives. And you know, you, you just can't put your phone down. You can't put your phone off, right? That's why these uh, coaching staffs have gotten so big now, where it's like, okay, coaches go on the, you know, go away for, for a vacation. A little bit, but you have other you have operations guys that kind of handle all the day to day, or you have the recruiting person the part that handles the recruiting part of it. Um, you know, or you're just direct messaging a recruit. You're, you're you're messaging him every day or every week. Uh, you're keeping tabs on a guy. Hey, he's he's getting more offers, or he really wants to commit, or things like that. So there's just it's just never it's never a dull moment. It never just stays the same, right? It's just there's just so many aspects to it. Um, it's just you know, and if you want to be elite and you want to, you know, you want to be ahead of the game, like you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just going from sun up to sundown. Um, and when you have a good, a good staff and you're, you're organized and you can kind of, you plan out for weeks in advance, um, you can manage that. And, you know, it's just having a process as far as how you manage you know, your communication style uh, with your recruits, or with your players. Um, it's just, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's a multi-level question, right? But that's 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 what goes into it. Um, it's not just okay. I just go to work, you know, watch the film, watch practice, and then you go home. All right. It's you know, you, you're you're kind of you're using the the you got to manage your day to a point where you get up early, you're working when no one else is working. Either you're in your office doing stuff, or you're getting you know personally getting a workout in, getting that part done, and then when you're in the car, you're making calls. All right, you, you, you know, you're multitasking, you know, you're checking in with home, you're working with you. If you have a family, you're working with your family, right? So, right, you're checking in with your players and it all, all depends on what part of the season that you're in. Um, especially now, like we're in the summer, so we're kind of in a downtime where the strength coaches are, you know, they're the day to day. They're, they're with the players, you know, every, every morning, you know, coaches check in with their guys, you know, as they see fit. And then, you know, got you know maybe 10 days 12 days or so and then we're back in training camp we're all together and you see him every day right and then you just kind of manage it from there so depending upon the day of the you know the day of the week or the, the month of the year uh really dictates your calendar and how you organize your day and communicate with everything uh you know how you manage you know, your day-to-day and my follow-up question is and i'm going to try and keep it on the lighter side and i'm not trying to be cute but we're only 44 days out from college football. That's and right. you know your conference is going to get hammered with questions because I believe the Washington Huskies are the only team from the conference to make the college football playoff. What would it take for UCLA or your conference? And I don't know what to call it anymore. Is it the Pac-14? Is it the Pac-12? I like to call it the old Pac-10. But what's it going to take 
football-wise, for your conference to consistently get teams into the college football playoff, in your estimation? So I, I had a feeling, yeah, I would get a question about that. And the beauty of that is <laughs> we are so many people out there. There's so many more qualified people that handle those touchdowns and guys like yourself in the media and, and uh, follow it day-to-day, like – you know, they're into that, right? But guys like me and, you know, guys that are in the job, it's like, you know, we, we have we, we have no control over that, right? We, we have, So we really don't, you know, you don't you only worry about what you control, right? So we control our attitude, our effort. And you ask, like, what we could do? I mean, I, I you know, what we can do is, you know, win our games, right? And that's how do you do that, right? You prepare every day, right, to the best, right? You keep, you keep your focus on the main thing and you go out every week and you know you prepare yourself mentally, physically, and get yourself right. And then you go out on a Saturday or a Friday night or a Saturday night or whatever you, whatever the schedule tells you to play, and you go out and, and you go out and play, right? So we leave all that all the expectations. Like nobody has higher expectations for UCLA football than UCLA football staff, right? The coaches and players. So you know we don't look to outside, um, yeah, outside motivation, right? We look from within. And we can control what we can control. We control our attitude, we control our effort, and we control, you know, what we do on a daily basis. And that's really all we focus on. Um, and that's, you know, that could be UCLA, it could be Temple, any any team that's that's out there, you know, that's what you focus on. And all the other stuff, we let everybody else kind of worry about that. And, yeah, all that stuff, it take care of the stuff at the end. Ryan, as far as you being at UCLA currently, Miami before Villanova and Temple, was there a difference when you were at Cornell in the Ivy League? Yeah, so the Ivy League, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's, it's just unique, right? There's, there's a 10-game schedule, right? Um, and there's no playoff. So it's just, a, you know, you're recruiting a different type of student-athlete. Um, and it's just a different environment, right? But the game days are the same. You get excited just as you would if you were, you know, playing a Power Five team, or you're in the CAA and the, you know the Colonial Athletic Conference, or anything like that. Um, it's just a special deal, and there's so many. You know, if the thing about Ivy is, if you want to go to the NFL, you go to the NFL, right? Uh, but a lot of the guys, when they go into Ivy, they're really you no, know, they're not. Uh, that isn't their number one priority. Their goal is to uh, get an Ivy League education and start out with a great job right out of, of college. Um, so, you know, being a part of, of that and those experiences uh, from a, from a coaching standpoint, your schedule, I mean, it's, it's really like non-negotiable. It's, it is what it is. Like, you know, you know, when you're playing, you know, when you're off, right. You have your recruiting cycle, you know, when it is, you know, when you're off. So uh, from a, from a schedule standpoint and, you know, you just have a little more time, a little more flexibility to kind of do some other things. You know, I say other things. I mean, like really just be with your family and, uh, you know, enjoy that part of it. So the Ivy League, you know, that's that's part of it. I think that's a major difference. It's just the time factor. Um, there's not a lot of the training camp is a little different from when you know, players report different. You know, the timing is different. You only play 10 games. You're done by Thanksgiving. So, you know, you're home with everybody else watching the playoff and the bowl games and things like that. So it's a little easier. I say easier. It's just, you know, it's uh, from a family standpoint, either easier to manage, um, you know, those types of things and being able to be with your family uh, on holidays and things like that. Um, but I mean, if it's football, you know, football is football, right? You're playing, and you know, you 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 get you get out of it what you put into it. So 
uh, you know, you still put the same type of preparation and the same passion and desire. And, you know, the, you know those 10 teams, you know, they, they want to win. The eight teams, they want to win. So uh, you want to win every game in your schedule. You want to compete. And, you know, a lot of those guys, it's just bragging rights, right? Where they're working on Wall Street or they're working, uh, you know, high tech. And, you know, they got a, you know, I'm a Cornell guy and there's a Yale guy down, you know, down the hall, you know, all bragging rights and things like that. So, uh, you know, competitive in nature and, uh, you know, it's just fun to be a part of. Brian, I got a, I got a question for you. So uh, NIL, name, image and likeness started two weeks ago. What advice do you give to your your athletes on how, kind of how to manage it and, and kind of how they should uh, handle themselves as these brands will start yeah. targeting them? So it's kind of a unique deal. So it happens, you know, July 1st, and that's a lot of times when coaches are <laughs> recruiting or are out at home right now, uh, on vacation. So um, we kind of let the compliance department, our athletic, uh, you know, athletic directors, and we have a really good plan in place uh, as far as like the parameters of what the players can do and the opportunities that are available to them. Um, it's really an exciting time. It's, it's, it's brand new. So everybody's out there and everybody want to get, you know, they have opportunity to get a piece of the pie, get a piece of the action. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think it's a great opportunity for those guys. Um, at the same token, at the end of the day, it all boils down to, um, you, know, you, you need to be successful, um, in order to get opportunity. You know, that's kind of the real world talking. Like people want to pay, you know, they want to, they want to associate with winners. They want to associate with people that, uh, you know, that, that help uh, help them produce financially. So, you know, I would say you know, don't get caught up too much in the in the uh, you know and all the the out, all the fringe, all the outside stuff. Really, just uh, focus on uh, what you control. Focus on you know your work ethic and how you uh, portray yourself uh, in the community, in the classroom, and on the field. And all those things will you know, those opportunities will take care of themselves and present themselves at the times uh, when it's right for you. You know, listen, I, I, again, I can't thank you enough, Ryan, for coming on with us tonight and, and do appreciate it. Bill has a question. And, and again, I'm going to share the screen here just momentarily in case anyone's just tuning in. Once again, tonight, we do have Ryan McMee was with us here from UCLA, the assistant director of football operations out there at UCLA for UCLA football. If you guys have missed the first half of this electrifying interview, I'm telling you, the man will get you so pumped up. It's ridiculous where we're having so much fun with him. So you guys continue to, to watch and tune in here. But uh Brian, it, it listen, and I know it's you know it's tough because as you say, and, and I'll get to Bill's question here in a second. I know you talk about as far as your downtime and and being now that you've just been with, like you said, with UCLA for about three months and you're getting yourself in and getting getting ready to get situated for the season to come. So during the off season, the, the time that you had at least in between UNLV and now UCLA. So I know you just had an admiration not too long ago. I believe it was the 6th of July, if I remember correctly. Yes. Right. And now most of the times, usually people would have their anniversaries. It could be a big meal or something else. But the meal that you and your wife had was pretty unique. Yeah. So, uh, you know, being in Vegas, right, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of places you can go. So uh, last, so 2019, we first, my, my wife, uh, I was out here, but, I was in Vegas and she was still home and fairly packing and getting everything ready. So uh, she was able to come out in uh, August and we went to the Strat, right? And there was top of the world, uh, the big tower at the top of the strip. 
and I had some connections there. I had a great dinner, top of the world. We're moving around, like getting views of Vegas, and you know, it was amazing, right? And then 2020 it was 2020, so you know, you're in the backyard, you know, just kind of hanging out. So this year, um, that, so uh, we're just kind of like, kind of no frills, just kind of ha- you know, keeping it keeping it local. And there's a Philly cheesesteak place in uh, Vegas that you know, we've gone to a couple of times. So we're like, you know what, let's just get some cheesesteaks, get some hoagies and, uh, you know, bring it home and just kind of hang out and, uh, and just go, go Philly style. So mm-hmm. we did the cheesesteaks to get the Amoroso rolls and, uh, we did the hoagies. Yeah. You know, I didn't get the cheese. You know, people were hitting me up. Like you didn't get tasty cake. You didn't do that. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize my cholesterol too high. So I just kind of kept the cheese fries and the, and the hoagies and the cheesesteaks and just kind of kept it that. That's right. Listen, it's it it's the one thing you can never forget your roots and where you come from. That's a big thing. But it's 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 amazing to me, like how many different places that have, have left from Philly and and obviously are still establishments back home in Philadelphia. Don't get me wrong, but when you have places that have been successful in Philly and then they've been tried, like you know what, I'm going to try one down here. And I mean, there's one in Spring Hill, Brooksville, um, Richie's. It, I mean, same thing. It's it's not a cheesesteak unless they have the amoroso bread. Everybody knows that it's <sighs> from Philly. It's the same way. Like if you tell someone, have you ever been to Geno's and North Pat's? And it's like, oh yeah, it's in South Philly. Nope. Ninth and Wharton. That's the key thing that everybody looks for because anybody can say South Philly. It's where exactly where is it at? So it's, and I just, I saw that when you posted on Facebook and I, I just thought, boy, that's pretty amazing. They found a place out there in Vegas out of all places that, to get cheesesteak. So that's why I ended up bringing it up. because I, I thought it was kind of, uh, kind of unique there. Let me just say this, you know, you bring up cheesesteaks and you know, people that know me that, you know, we strike up conversations and we start talking about cheesesteaks, you know, people kind of look at me like, man, why are you so like, why are you so animated? Why are you so passionate? And it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about football and passionate about the things that you love, right? When right. you have a passion about it and you love it, it's like, it's so easy. You could just talk about it all day, right? And cheesesteaks are, are, you know, right at the list there. So um, it's funny you say that because I have a, a really good friend of mine, a high school teammate of mine, and he's on Facebook and he goes and, and takes his son with him and they try cheesesteaks all over the city, right? In, mm. in Philly, Delaware, New Jersey. And, you know, that's now I, I didn't really like take a cue from him. I, I didn't like do a review or anything, but right. like that's, you know, we can, we can break down like the ratio from, you know, the cheese, when you take a bite and the cheese, the ratio of steak and cheese in each bite, you know, uh, is a roll, is a soft, is a hard, how's it take, you know, all that thing. So, you know, and the thing is like, there's really no thing, such thing as a bad cheesesteak, right? A cheesesteak is a cheesesteak. It's great, right? But the roll just makes it that much better, right? Oh, yeah. Or exactly. you put ketchup on it or you don't, you know, that, that kind of thing. So right. you, you, could, you could do a whole show on that. Right, you could, believe me, because it's the same way. There's a couple places down here. Now, it, you know, some places down here, I will say, try to get close. Nowhere even getting a cigar. But, they, you know, I'll give them the E, not the A. I'll give them the E for effort. Because they, they try, but for most places like Richie's down here, by all means, and John Cruck had a place, but he shut it down because it just wasn't too successful for him um, down in Tampa. But overall, it's it just, yeah, cheese steaks, you can never go wrong. It, as long as it's amoroso bread, that's a big thing. But Bill had followed up with a question. He says, can you give an uh, elevation on what we can expect from Temple, Villanova, and Penn State this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 follow, I try to follow other teams as much as, as anybody. Uh, you know, that's a fan of college football. Um, you know, I have some relation, I have relationships at, at all three of those places. Um, yeah, I think, you know, 
them. I think every every you know the best you know, every year a team is reborn. So no matter what they did the previous year, um, you know it's a clean slate. So you know it's it's really a testament to what those players how they've uh, prepared themselves uh, in the spring during spring practice and in the summer and then just you know staying healthy and uh, you know getting to the season. So you know I, I think all three of those teams have a chance to be you know be at the top in their conferences and you know have a chance to you know playing meaningful football in November and December. Ryan, I had one more question to ask you when you were out at UNLV. Did you happen to meet Randall Cunningham at all? I have. I have. So there's a great story about that. Um, so uh, Mark McMillan, right, Mighty Mouse, one of the uh, one of the corners played the Eagles. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he lives in the area, and he is uh, you know, he he has a camp. He's working. He, he's done some coaching. So we kind of and we had some uh, mutual connections. Uh, and some of the coaches that are already on staff. So Mark McMillan hit, you know, we started talking, hit me up and he's like, Hey, uh, come on outside. I'm with Randall. We're on the track. And I was like, okay. So I walk out of my office, I go out on the track and I start walking, uh, just kind of walking and talking with Randall and Mark McMillan. And we just kind of stayed in contact through there. So, uh, fast forward to like the last home game at Sam Boyd that season uh, Randall was like one of the, you know, he's one of the best, he's the, one of the, you know, the best player in UNLV history. Uh, he's there, he's suited up and he's on the field for the coin toss. And, you know, we, we say what's up to each other. And, uh, I got, I got my picture taken with there. I took, you know, I took a picture with him on the track and then we kind of just hung out and, you know, we we're on the field pregame, you we a little fist bump, a little like, let's go get fired up. And, you know, I, I got my picture again with Randall. So, uh, and, nice. and they talk about from like the fan perspective, like, I stood in line at like gold medal sporting goods or Models or wherever it was, and Randall signed my hat when I was 12 years old, right? And it's in my it's in my my box with all my all my memorabilia. And then fast forward, and now it's like I'm talking football, like real football with Randall Cunningham. Um, you know, there's just experiences like that. You know, you're, you know your childhood idols, and now you're you know you're you know you're you're talking ball. It's just. Uh, kind of a unique experience and just you know those are the kind of moments that really uh kind of get you fired up and you know you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to have done that if i wasn't in the you know, in college football right now one of the things that i will say ryan when when it comes to obviously we've seen your career and and it continues to blossom so i'm pretty sure you're not done yet as far as succeeding or where you want to be in life but is there a particular dream job that you've always thought about that either that's still that goal that you want to achieve. And like you said, you know, UCLA was one of your, one of your goals that you want to achieve and you made it there now. So you've been there for three months and, and you know, who's to say you're there for five or 10 years, you know, and hopefully nothing but the best, but is there a, a potential dream job that you're looking for? Cause it, I know you hopped out with ESPN uh, on college football, if I remember correctly as well, but is there a potential dream job that you know that you want to achieve before your career is over? Uh, you know, I've all, you know, obviously been, you know, working for your hometown team or really any, any of there's 32 teams. So you know, from an NFL perspective, um, you know, really any of those teams would be a blessing to be a part of. Um, but as I know, you know, when you're young and you have visions of grandeur and you're like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. Um, you know, you always had that vision, but you really, you know, you just got to be excited about where you're at and you know, do a great job where you're at at the time. So as I've you know been through this process, 
and you know kind of you know kind of been up and down the you know the football uh the football ladder um you know you just want to be on the ladder um and just really excited about you know where you're at now and you know the, not having that grass is you know the grass is greener you know maybe it'd be better here or it'd be better there it really just really just kind of just keep your boots in the ground and get excited and, and you know be, be great at where you're at and you know whatever happens happens and you know i i just I'm, I'm thankful to be you know to be where i'm at uh, at this point in my career um i didn't i never you know you don't really start out saying i want to be here i want to be there you just kind of you kind of have a little bit of a goal and you just kind of it kind of grows and like i said before you have that vision you live in that vision and you go where that vision takes you so um and you know, that being said, I don't have a team per se. I mean, obviously Philadelphia, you know, close to my heart and my uh, family's there. Uh, my parents actually live in Florida, but you know, I have other, other my, uh, my sister and my father, you know, other family and friends that live there. So, um, you know, it'd be great to be there, but at the same time, you know, home is where you make it. So, you know, whoever, you know, whoever wants to take an opportunity to take a chance to Ryan McNamee, like, you know, that's where I'm, that's where I want to be. That's, that's true. And by the way, if if you need a good contact for Harry Roseman, that guy at the very top there, right? Vito Corleone loves Harry Roseman. They're like this. They're, I mean, they're super close, super tight, and, and so they're best friends. So whatever you need from Harry Roseman, that's the one you want to reach to because Vito Corleone is the man. He'll, he's, that's why we call him the Godfather because he just makes things happen. Godfather. I love that, it. That's, he makes it happen. But listen, and, and again, it it's – we're lucky that, and, and thankful, of course, like everything else, that we're blessed that there, we come across the people that we come across, whether it's in our career, whether it's just passing by, because you never know who you run, you know, you come across. And and for us, I mean, we, and as I said earlier, it's, you know, we're live from the LG Direct Sales uh, Solution Studio, which is from Larry Gilman. And thanks to Larry, you know, putting things together, you know, it's, it's a fantastic thing. But the when you meet people and you've gone to the places you've gone to, you know, whether it being like, you know, starting in a small school to being at UCLA, you know, you never forget the people where you come from. So it, from all the schools that you've been to, do you still have contact from everybody from all the different schools? Like, do you guys still talk from time to time or is it kind of tough? Because once you move from one school to the other, it's a little bit hard as far as the communication. End of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's the hard part uh, is to maintain maintain uh you know your contacts your relationships your relationships you know sometimes people are in your life for a certain amount of time and and that's okay right it, it was uh, a step it was a, pro a step in the process uh you know it helps you get to a certain place uh and then it, you know that relationship ends and then you know other ones uh, are created um but as, I, as I've gone through it I mean I still talk to guys that I coached with 20 years ago at Adams State um so, you know, they were either a roommate with me at some time or we coached together and then, you know, they moved on and they're coaching at a high school, uh, you know, across the country in California or Colorado um, or they're, you know, they're coaching at other places or some guys got out of the business or, you know, they moved on to other opportunities. Um, but just staying, you know, it doesn't, and it's not always a phone call, right? Sometimes it's a, a text message or, right. or it's a phone call. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I talked to, uh, you know, the thing is, it's like you can know people, right? But who knows you, and who's gonna speak on your behalf? Who's gonna, you know, as they say in in you know in the big time ball, like who's gonna pound the table for you? Who's going to be you know a champion for you? Who's gonna help you 
get to that road. Like, you know, very rarely do you get it by yourself, right? I mean, you can. People have done it. They're self-made and they just work for everything they had and they were able to uh, create their own opportunities. But at the same time, like, I'm nothing without my you know, my, my, my tree, you know, my network of people that have helped me you know, professionally or, um, you know, even outside of the profession or just, you know, when things, go, you know, uh, ideas, marketing, uh, how do I get a hold of people? How, you know, what's the best way to, to attack this, this, uh, this problem, this situation? You know, who do I know? How can I, you know, how could, how could it help me in my business? How could it help me in my career? How could it help me with my family? Um, all those things. So it's not because it's not always just about ball, right? But it's about yeah. you know you want to invest in the people that invest in you. And uh, I've had a you know I'll, I'll name a few people just to you know, just to you know to because they deserve it. Uh, I mean, obviously my parents have helped me out. You know, my wife Valerie, uh, my in laws, um, my my college coaches, uh, uh, Barry Streeter, my he was my head coach in college. I had five position coaches in four years. Right. So there was a, a lot of turnover, but Coach Shooter has been a, a great influence in my life. Uh, Whitey Sullivan, my high school coach, or high school coach, Bill Edger was my linebacker coach. Right. Those guys gave me an opportunity, you know, instilled in me, you know, the, the ground, you know, the groundwork of how to, you know, how to be a good football player. My youth football coach, Frank King, uh, you know, God rest his soul. I mean, those, those those people invested in me, made me the people that I, that I am today. Um, and then, you know, from a from a college standpoint, Andy Talley at Villanova, Al Golden at Temple, um, uh, Dave Archer uh, and uh, Jared Brackett at Cornell were very influ- influential, helping me you know, get to that point. Tony Sanchez at, at UNLV gave me an opportunity. I mean, there you know, and, and Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, it's just these guys giving me, you know, listening to their to their people. And understanding, like, hey, this guy, uh, he's a guy that we want in our, you know, in our program. And you know, I can't, I'm, I'm so grateful for them, uh, for their, their guidance and support and uh, you know, help them make me, you know, the player that I, you know, the player person that I am today. No, listen, that, that's outstanding because it, it's, there's so many different lines. By the way, I'm going to go back and, and review this, hit, write the lines down because it's amazing. That, like, the, just what, what you have to say, Ryan. And again, it, Life is about you know inspiration, making people feel positive, and and helping people along the way. And it it's just again, it's amazing with your positive energy and the way you're saying it tonight. It, it's just amazing, and you can tell that you've never forgotten anyone where you've come from and the people who've helped you along the way. And that is truly amazing. It speaks volumes because a lot of times people once they start hitting a certain plateau, it's like yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I remember you. And then what happens is once once they hit the top, and then that top gets knocked down and knocked down, knocked down. Then they want to go back and tell that person, oh, hey, remember when you helped me as a gap, but also remember when you ignored me. So I do like that, you know, just like the way you're saying that, you you just, you don't forget anybody. It, it's great for the people you can still communicate with and just naming the people that have helped you. I mean, it just, that's amazing. I, that's all I have to say. It's just uh, amazing about that. I appreciate that. And, you know, there's, it kind of like, you know, I remember actually Joe Trainer. I work with him at Villanova and he's like, man, like, you got an edge, right? You have an edge. I like your edge. And, you know, so, cause I'm not a coach, right? I'm an ops guy, but you know, the kind of thing that, you know, that I've always felt like, you know, what's the difference between me and other people, you know, for this role or this position. And it's really just, you know, having a football mentality, uh, having a coaching mindset, understanding what, you know, understanding what coaches want, but understanding what players want and what really what people want, right? Like the golden rule, treat people how they want to be treated, treat people how you want to be treated. And uh, Coach Talley always said, like, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And it sounds like common sense and all that kind of stuff. But but that's really like 
that's really you know that's the essence of it right and having having an energy having a passion having a little bit of an edge right and all the guys that maybe don't remember you or don't respond to you like that kind of gives you a fuel to your fire gives you a little bit of an edge right but you know you're not gonna you know you're not gonna impact that's not gonna impact you impact uh, impact you negatively that's right. just gonna give you the extra juice to be like okay I see it. Okay. Maybe I was doing something wrong or you open my eyes to something else. How can I get better? How can I improve the situation? Um, and really just, you know, turn that negative you know, into a positive and, you know, use that fuel, use that energy to, you know, to fuel you, uh, to kind of, to kind of get you, you know, to where you want to be. There's uh, one more question Bill has here, and he said uh, one last one. He says, "What do you see UCLA going this season? Can they challenge for the Pac-12 title?" Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I'm right now. You know, we're, we're not at workouts, right? But you know, we have a really good social media team, and we have uh, we have a really good photographers. And part of our deal is, you know, we take pictures of our guys at practice, you know, at, at their workouts, and you know. They're not, you know, it's not really uh, for Instagram modeling, but you know, they could use it for the NIL, right? But, it, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. So, you know, don't tell me how you're doing. Like, show me, right? So when you see these guys, right, and you see, you know, we say, like, if you're not, uh, if you're not straining, you're not training, right? So these right. guys are straining, right? These guys are getting better. Um, and, you know, I've only been there three months. So I've kind of, I kind of jumped on board and, you know, I'm going for the ride. And I'm just really excited to what our players are doing and i'm really excited to get back to those guys and just see the results is you know when you're away from 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 your players for a while like you know you can always see the difference you can tell who's been working out and who hasn't and when you see that when you see the guys have that energy have that passion and you know and that you see the physical changes you know you know like you know football is a physical demanding sport you know they're ready to go um and you know when our coaches come back and we're all together it's like we just kind of put it all together and, you know, and we just kind of, you know, as I like to say, we're getting after it, right? Let's just get after it, right? And, uh, you know, let's get it done. So I'm, I'm excited for, you know, for the challenge, and I know our guys will be ready. Now, the one last question I have from you, Coach, and I want you to hang out uh, after we close the show here, but the one last question I have is we, we know that you have a family, you have your kids, and it, as your kids continue to grow, you know that you and your wife become a, a major impact as far as in their world on, on how they view you and your wife as far as that, again, that positive energy, looking at you and your career, looking at your wife's career and her success. So what, what, as a student of the game yourself, what could you possibly tell your kids to learn from so they can succeed and achieve their dreams as much as and their goals just like you have? Yeah, I, I, I tell my son now, he's 22. My oldest is 22. I tell him, look, you, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, right? You know, train in what you want to do, right? Have goals, right? Believe in yourself, right? Have that self-belief because if, no, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will, right? So you need to believe okay. in yourself, okay? But you also have that passion, have that desire. What's going to get you going, right? Find that motivation, okay? And invest in that and get better at your craft, all right? And be better, get better every day, learn from it. And really just, you know, let that, let that help you, uh, find, you know, what, what that, uh, that end goal is. Right. Um, I'll, I'll do a plug right now. Cause my, my oldest, uh, he, he's been, a, he's been a help for me. I brought him around, I brought him around football, uh, you know, kind of brought him along the job. So when we were doing community service events. He's around the team. When we go to the bowl games, you're bringing the practice, right. But not just be a practice like, Hey, you're going to help with the equipment. 
right? You're going to help this. So he was at UNLV in 2019. He was uh, part of the video staff. So he's shooting practice. He's shooting video on game days. And he's doing like a lot of the recruiting edits and things like that. So it's like, yeah, you want you want to do this? Here's how you do it. Here's how we do it. I want. Here's what your 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 uh, the people in your profession are doing. Like follow their lead, make it better, right? Find you know learn, get your certifications, and you know and find a way and and, and you know get better at your craft. So you know living out on the West Coast, there's so many places to go out here, take photographs, and you know you know get your equipment, get what you need, and go out there and experience it and go do it so um you know don't don't just talk about it you know be about it you know get after it and and, and do it right do the work uh, don't be afraid to do the work Listen, i'm i'm ready i'm ready to do more than just work let's go man let's exactly. go Amazing. I'm, I'm ready to do more than work so I, i'm ready listen everyone else uh whatever you do tonight it's fine uh, ryan McNamee, myself and maybe the rest of the game we're gonna go run a 20 miler because that's just how amped i am right now as far let's as go, when it comes man. to the interview so this it, it. it's been a lot of fun we do appreciate it i want you to hang in there like i said i i want to thank a couple people here obviously you ryan McNamee. i want to thank the most for coming on with us tonight if everyone would like to keep up with uh, Ryan McNamee, again, the Assistant Director of Football Operations at UCLA Football. Follow him on Twitter, Ryan McNamee, as you guys can see right there on the screen. And that way, you can keep up with everything UCLA. Also, a couple of people that i like to mention as well. Once again, live from the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios. If you guys go to lgdirect.net, you will find your payment solutions, your credit card terminals. Larry Gilman will take care of you. And by the way, he is located both in Philadelphia and Tampa. So if you guys need... Larry, he is all over the place to help you out. And also, again, the finest cigars in the country, along with someone else that we met this week. But Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacconist, once again, at 250 Westridge Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania. Go to CigarGoose.com. Take a look at the fine selection of cigars that he has. And once again, we'll be up there September 12th. We plan to have so much fun with Goose. I can't wait to get up there and have fun in front of everyone. And again, the Tampa Joe's, if everyone's watching tonight from Tampa Joe's Restaurant Sports Bar, Fun place, serious food, and the food there is outstanding. So you guys, please visit them at 9316 Anderson Road, Tampa, Florida, at 33634. And this guy that we met this week, Bobby Newman, incredible gentleman. You guys take a look at jcnewman.com. J.C. Newman Cigar Company, Bobby Newman, he made the celebratory cigars for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, man, what a guy. You talk about another guy that has energy and passion. I tell you what, Ryan, he it, it, he was just amazing. We got him as a bonus guest on Tuesday because we talked about the after party for the Lightning down here when winning the Stanley Cup championship. But, man, we had a great time with him. So your energy, his energy this week, it's been a crazy good week of just Broad Street South, you know, podcasting. And, and, and listen, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us tonight. We truly do appreciate the time you coming on with us. And we would like, and we know we're going to be busy here, just, you know, you're going to work probably about another week. But if you can throughout the year, at least throughout the season, come back so we can talk about UCLA, how the season's going, and and the the progress you guys are making throughout the season. That that'll be that'd be tremendous. Um, I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity in this platform to kind of you know talk about football, talk about you know my career. Uh, it's not every day that you get these kind of opportunities, so I really appreciate you guys thinking of me and uh, you know let me share uh, my life story with you guys, living the outside. Hey, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it.
Listen, not a problem whatsoever. Because again, uh, everyone else tonight, I want you guys to be safe. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, for some people, it may be a three or four day weekend. So enjoy the weekend. A lot of people are on vacation, so enjoy it. We're going to go run a marathon after the show's over because we're all amped and pumped up here. So we do Boy, appreciate that. Rocky it, but... music. Exactly. 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 Let, me through, let me get through a mile first. <laughs> and then I'll see where I'm at. That's okay. Hey, Listen. Just get started. You just got to get started, man. Get the blood pumping. Exactly. That's all you got to do. But for my producer over there in Studio B, for Debbie, uh, for Ryan Neff, national correspondent, Nick Lee's here, young beat writer there of Clemson University. We won't hang it over his head because, again, it's UCLA night, not Clemson. But, Nick, we love you. And for the godfather himself, my co-host, love him to death here, Mike Fuji, Vito Corleone, uh, we will leave you with this fight song one more time before we take it all out. And, uh, again, thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. We do appreciate it. Everyone have a great night. Let's go, baby. Oh, baby.